0: Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode number 93, Thursday, September 24th, 2020, and hello to all of you lovely listeners out there, especially you, Ryan, and Becky out in Iowa. Thanks for listening. I have a pretty simple episode for all of you today. As we enter the weekend, I'm going to dive into some college football and the NFL. We also have the return of the Danimal after yet another three-in-one week with his picks. He has a three-pack for you this weekend, so you'll want to stick around to see who he's on in the NFL for week three. And of course, I'll also share some doggy juice best bets for all of you in college football in the NFL Before we begin, a very special congrats to the city of Las Vegas for hosting an NFL football game on Monday night this week. To say that that was a seminal moment in sports betting history when the Las Vegas Raiders hosted the New Orleans Saints on Monday night football this week, that might be the understatement of the century. Monday was a day that few people thought would ever come and definitely one that nobody saw coming even as soon as just three years ago. It seemed like a pipe dream at best, but um, just because mainly the NFL had steered completely clear of Vegas for all of time up until just recently. Like Vegas was literally shunned from the professional sports world here in the U.S., but especially the NFL. Just five years ago, there was a fantasy football convention with Tony Romo, that was planned uh, to take place in a convention center next to a casino, not inside the casino, but next to one. And the NFL stepped in and nixed that. That was just five years ago. And it's incredible to see how far we've come and how fast. And this is such a big event hosting that Monday night football game um, in Las Vegas on Monday night. Obviously, fans couldn't be there, but I, I know the bars opened up. They opened back up that morning and people were drinking uh, from you know early on, beginning in the morning. So, Didn't look the way we expected it to look, obviously, but that stadium looks great, the Death Star, and more importantly, we have professional sports in in Vegas, and obviously the NHL returned, or sorry, the NHL showed up there with the Golden Knights a couple years ago, but as we know, the NFL is king, so the NFL in Las Vegas is a huge development, and uh, it it was a fun sign of what's to come as the sports leagues are finally embracing sports betting, and as more states more people in our wonderful union are embracing sports betting as well congratulations to DeChambeau betters! if you listened to the Dogged juice pod last week you heard me suggest Xander Shoffley at 50 to 1 odds and Matthew Wolf at 80 to 1 odds among uh, some of the other golfers that I was on uh, both of those guys though that I just mentioned they were there on Sunday um, in the in the picture to win the U.S. Open with Wolf leading the field by two strokes he was around plus 175 to win it all, entering the final day on Sunday. So you could definitely do a lot with that equity if you had a Wolf 80-1 to 1 ticket. But I also gave out DeChambeau as a fade last week on the podcast in matchups, and that can't be ignored. It just goes to show that you can be both right and wrong in your handicapping at the same time. And just another reminder to wager accordingly. Never bet anywhere too much. <laughs> definitely don't bet more than you can lose, but definitely don't um, sway too far from your unit sizes, Ever in any circumstance, even when you think the edge is better than it really is, um, gotta bet responsibly, of course. But hopefully, hopefully, if you were sitting on Wolf at eighty to one, you were able to do something with that ticket on Saturday or Sunday. But an impressive win for Deschambeau, taking home the U.S. Open this year at Winged Foot. And before we move on to college football, attention, Illinois betters. Governor Pritzker threw you another bone over the weekend. At the end of last week, he extended his executive order lifting the in-person registration requirement for at least another month here in Illinois until October 17th, at least, which means people here in the state can continue to register for sportsbooks from the comfort of their couch instead of having to physically go in to do so in the middle of this pandemic. And you can actually argue that it's kind of interesting, like a big picture wise, you can argue that Bet Rivers, um, the party obviously that was the biggest proponent for in-person registration because of the perceived uh, head start that FanDuel and DraftKings had with all of their fantasy sports um, customers over the past few years. But you can argue that Bet Rivers doesn't even really stand much to gain anymore with in-person registration going back into play just due to the fact that their competitive edge is now gone with... DraftKings and FanDuel in the space and registering people remotely right now. So it's an interesting development. I think that if you even ask the Bet Rivers people right now point blank, they probably wouldn't even want to go back to in-person registration. So it'll be interesting to see what happens because the way the law is written, uh, we can't, for the first year and a half after the first major, or master sports wagering licenses are granted, uh, we are supposed to be registering in person uh, to use mobile apps and, and to wager remotely. Um, but, and, and that period, that year and a half period started in June of this year, so December of 2021 is when it's scheduled uh, by law to be no longer a thing anymore, but obviously we have the executive orders by Pritzker, so it's going to be interesting to see what the Illinois legislature does with this, if anything, when they're back in session, it's something to pay attention to, but as I've said, you've got to be registering for these apps right now while you can, while you don't have to actually go in, and while you don't have to drive down to, from Chicago to St. Louis to to register for DraftKings and there's currently five ways right now to bet remotely here in Illinois. Bet Rivers, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, and William Hill. But more are on the way and the Doggy Juice Pod will keep you posted when those new books are coming. All right, let's dive into some college football. I can feel it all the way down in my plums getting all swollen. It's ugly dog week in college football or some version of it with uh, some of the bigger boys returning to play this week against Cupcakes on their schedule, or relative Cupcakes. The SEC returns this week, so it'll be our first look at a few of the teams that are at the top of my power ratings and at the top of Vegas' power ratings. For me right now, Alabama, as we've grown accustomed to, besides last year of course, uh, Alabama's at the top of my ratings, and it's actually not even that close. In fact, I'd have Alabama favored by... At least four and a half points over any other SEC team on a neutral field right now. Georgia is next on the ratings, followed by Florida. And then LSU, who everyone who does power ratings downgraded significantly this year, LSU. And by significantly, I mean as high as 17, even up to 20 points. The funny thing is, though, that it doesn't drop LSU nearly as much as you would think it would. Uh, It just goes to show how dominant that team was last year under Burrow and how highly they were rated last year at the end of the season. But of course they lost a lot of talent over the offseason. They had a few players, a few top players opt out due to COVID concerns. But even after all of that downgrading, they're still the number four team in my SEC ratings for now at least. If you're looking to lay the twenty seven or twenty eight points, it looks like right now that line's ticking up to twenty eight with Alabama this week and their opener against Missouri, just know that there was a big move on the Crimson tide up from twenty one point Favorites early in the week, so you're definitely not getting the best of the number. And uh, Nick Saban and Alabama—they're 13 and 0 straight up, and 12 and 1 against the spread in their last 13 season opener. So I'd imagine the fact that Saban's teams have historically been otherworldly in their first game had something to do with the move on that game. Now up to four touchdowns. Um, it hasn't been smooth sailing since college returned, uh, since college football returned to action a few weeks ago. We've had. Over 17 games canceled now due to COVID by my count, including a few more this week with notable games like Notre Dame and Wake Forest being canceled. The line moves in college football, and I'm going to talk about this in the NFL as well because it's been the same thing in the NFL too this year. But the line moves have been strong and quick during this time with people reacting fast to player and team news due to COVID. And those who are getting that information first are able to get at the lines early And those are the ones that are a huge advantage, especially early on in the week. We've seen lots of line movement. For example, uh, Circa Sports in, in Las Vegas, they opened Houston, North Texas, the total in that game, at 57 last weekend. And that got to as high as 71 before that game was canceled due to COVID earlier this week. So apologies to anyone who had that monster position on that over. But things like that, those are happening. It's creating lots of opportunity, no doubt, with the chance to get ahead of some of these news related line moves and, and COVID related line moves. Usually, the COVID is the news. But they're also really frustrating. The hell lot of bettors who have had a good position only to see the game canceled. So, you really got to, when you're making these good bets and, and you think the line's moving in your favor due to the team news, got to accept the fact that there's a non zero chance and a growing non zero chance that uh, the game's going to never get played. But this is Ugly Dog Week. For me, some version of it at least, it's one where um, you can find value if you're willing to grin and bear it with an ugly double-digit underdog. That's not to say you should be betting every single double, double-digit double underdog blindly this week. No, 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 not at all. You have to pick your spots, But and, and I, I'd even argue this year it may even be less advantageous to go after some of these ugly dogs, especially at home where they can't really rally as much behind a full-home crowd, rooting for upset alert. So it's it's really a week a week historically where I've I've loved to get after some of these bigger underdogs but this particular year things could look a little bit different. I'm still not holding back, I'm still fired on a bunch of these ugly dogs. And obviously there's an issue with doing a podcast later in the week, especially today later on Thursday. I wanted to do it earlier in the day today. So apologies for that, but um the problem with doing a podcast early in the week is oftentimes not being able to share the prices or the lines at the prices I got them at. I've long said here on the Doggy Juice Pod that those who get at the market early in the week are set up for more success. That's that's a no-brainer. It's just a thing that it is, it is what it is, obviously, with sports betting and mature markets, especially in the NFL where the markets are so sharp and, and efficient, especially at the end of the week. But, um, but if you get after the markets early in the week, you're setting yourself up the best chance of success in the long run. And I won't belabor the point why, but I know that nobody wants to hear also about bets that others got down at that are no longer available because that helps literally no one. Uh, But this is an imperfect science, especially doing this podcast. And the the numbers are close on some of these that I will share that I'm about to share with you. I'll give you more of a buy price on each one in case the numbers do show again, but none of the numbers are really available (laughs) that I'm about to share on, on these ugly dogs at the price that I've got them at for the most part. Um, And as always, if you shop around for the best number, the more outs you have, the better chance you have of getting uh, one of these numbers. But a few ugly dogs that I have as part of my college football portfolio this week. Kansas State, plus 28 and a half at Oklahoma. I'm seeing plus 28s out there right now with a little added juice on the dog right now. But there's a chance this puppy moves back up with public money laying it with the favorite, Oklahoma. It's just too many points It's in a game I've... Uh, lined closer to 23 24 on my stuff. I wouldn't play it at anything less than 28, uh, but a full position at 28 and a half. Mississippi plus 14 and a half is where I got him, hosting Florida. Similar to the last one, there's been a move on the dog here. Pretty clear that I was a part of that move myself, but uh, the consensus on that one right, right now is 13 and a half, it looks like. I wouldn't play it at anything under 14. Looks like pinnacle has plus 14.5 at minus 134 right now, so that's too pricey. But if you could find 14 at Normal Vig um, elsewhere and even 14.5, a little less than obviously where Pinnacle has it right now, I think that's worth a position for sure on, on Mississippi. <coughs> Arkansas, plus 27.5 hosting Georgia. Wait for this one to hit four full touchdowns at 28. I, I haven't filled out a full position on this one because I am holding off on that myself it looks like it might even get there it has ticked up a little bit but just another simple numbers play on, on arkansas here georgia southern plus 13 at louisiana lafayette i'm seeing that's where i got it at 13 i'm seeing 11 and a half out there right now and i agree with the line move the uh, the ranked raging cajuns are getting plenty of market love after their big upset, outright upset over Iowa State, it was their first um, road win over a ranked opponent in program history. That was a couple weeks ago, and uh, they were. They also won an overtime last week against Georgia State. But the market love has got a little. It's gone a little too far, or it did when it was at thirteen. I thought uh, Georgia Southern has a great chance to go in there and keep this game within one score. There isn't much value left right now at this price, but if it ticks back up to thirteen, it's worthy of a bet. I think, and at fourteen, it's worthy of a full position. Army, plus 14 at Cincinnati. Been a fan of the Army here on the Doggy Juice Pod. If you're not aware, been on them first two games this year. It's worked out pretty nicely. Uh, This line is moving, though. Seeing 13 and a halves out there right now as I record this. But shop around for two full touchdowns. You could still find it right now. I have this game line closer to 10 on my stuff. So value Army catching two full touchdowns. And then one to monitor that... I haven't bet yet, but I'm getting close to is Texas Tech hosting Texas this Saturday. That line's at 18 right now, which is a dead number. Um, but I think it's close to bettable at that price, to be honest with you. I'm waiting to see if that one goes up to 20 for a decent position and 21 for something more serious. But per college football handicapper Paul Stone, who's terrific, you can follow him at Paul Stone Sports on Twitter, uh, over the last eight seasons, Texas Tech has only had or they've only been a double-digit conference home dog five times, and they've covered the game all five times. And then in terms of games I bet on uh, that aren't an ugly dog, doesn't fit the ugly dog mold, the Liberty Flames, minus 5.5, minus 6.5. FanDuel had 5.5 earlier yesterday, which I've told at least a couple of you listeners about uh, and yesterday, and I hit that pretty hard. That's up to 7.5 now. Love what I saw out of this Liberty squad. Um, Their first game winning outright as a double-digit dog at Western Kentucky last week is easily covering against the spread. And on the other side, they're facing Florida International this week. It's their first game, not much experience on that team. And unfortunately, like I said, this lines up to 7.5 now. I'm even seeing some places juice out that 7.5. But you should definitely shop around and see if you could find a 7 and lay it at 7. I'd, I'd lay it at, at minus 115 or better, at 7 points. That's still a go for me. Obviously not nearly the same edge as 5.5 or even 6.5, but but still an edge according to my numbers. And then the other one that I like that's still widely available everywhere right now is Iowa State, minus 2.5 at TCU. This line has flipped since Circa hung TCU is a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I think that's where they opened it last week, but I don't care. I agree with this line move. I think the Cyclones are worth a bet here, laying anything less than a field goal. Maybe split the ticket up, mixing a little two-and-a-half and and, and minus 135, minus 140 on the money line. Not the worst way to go about it. But this is really just a a buy low on Iowa State for me. Brock Purdy is going to be very much talked about this fall and very much will be looked at by NFL scouts this fall for, for the draft next year. Uh, the Iowa State quarterback been a big fan on him and obviously Iowa State Doggy Juice Pod um, was was on Iowa State quite a bit last year that was one of the Doggy Juice Pod official teams of the year last year and Brock Purdy and Coach Matt Campbell those are the big reasons why they get uh, they get TCU this week obviously but TCU plays Texas next week and per Brad Powers TCU is on an 0-6-1 against the spread run the week before playing Texas so something to consider Despite all the COVID uncertainty and all these wacky line moves and game cancellations, we can all agree that having college football back during these times is amazing, no matter how it looks. And if you're looking to see where the best price is for some of these college football games in real time, there's obviously a lot of places where you can go do that, But um, and the NFL too, for that matter. Uh, but for your local legal sports books, there's this really cool website called dimers.com that just entered the space here. Uh, over the last month, they have this really cool feature on their site under their Quick Pick section where it actually shows you their model's edges, if there is an edge according to their model, on any upcoming games in all sports. I think it's a really cool feature, and it's a great concept to help show betters that this is just a game of numbers. And, and at best, even when we have a massive edge and even plenty of closing line value, even for our very best wagers at minus 110, laying minus 110, we're likely at best a 40% chance to lose those wagers. So when you have that in mind, it really frees your, your mind up when you're betting. But uh, So that's a cool website, dimers.com, to bookmark and pay attention to moving forward, in my opinion. All right, with that, though, it's time to move on to NFL Week 3. Hello! We are now two weeks into the 2020 National Football League season, and the big story right now is the remarkable amount of injuries early in the campaign for multiple teams especially to key players the injury report last week was unlike anything we've ever seen before and with no preseason games and very little contact and practice due to covid this year it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out why we're seeing so many injuries early on right now but in other news the public is flush heading into this week favorites went 14 and 2 in week two And the books got buried last week. Monday Night Football did help bail them out a little bit, though, because all the teasers and parlays that were keyed in with the favorite, the Saints, obviously the underdog won Monday night. A few favorites didn't cover, obviously, but when the public keys in the favorites on teasers and Monday Night Parlays, things can get ugly fast for the books. And I heard some oddsmakers say, during the week this week, that some of them suffered their worst individual game results ever. And the totals didn't help the books either in week two, with overs hitting left and right last week yet again. Totals are now 20-12 and to the over through two weeks. That's the third highest rate through two weeks since tracking of this began in 1986. The highest since that time, since 1986, uh, was 2011. That was the lockout year when everyone got back together. Uh, right before the season started, teams are averaging uh, 25.2 points per game through two weeks right now, which is the highest of all time through two weeks. We've talked about this on previous podcasts and hypothesizing some of the reasons why. The lack of practice, obviously, due to COVID, uh, so lack of practice time for defenses tackling. There's no crowds or, or, very sm- or a lot smaller crowds out there, so it's better for offenses to hear the play calling, especially offenses on the road. And, you know, a few other reasons, but it makes sense why this is happening so far. But, uh, but per ESPN's Sports Cheetah, Preston Johnson, week three back in 2011, when we had similar situation, uh, overs were heading at their highest rate through two weeks in 2011. In week three in 2011, the unders went 10-6. and six. So I think that zigzag notion is a smart way to look moving forward, especially when you have certain content brands out there pushing, quote-unquote, team-overs, out there, that's music to my ears. To be honest with you, and injuries to key small or skill position players. I mean, skill position players should only help when you really think about it. Um, it's gonna be tougher to put up points when guys like Saquon Barkley aren't out on the, and more dynamic skill position players aren't out there, and some of these totals obviously they're beginning to creep up heading into Sunday this week. And as some of them continue to creep up, you will probably be able to find some nice value, holding your nose and betting. The under on some of those, one that I'm looking to play, and I know um, Preston Johnson, who I just talked about, he's he's looking to play the under in this one as well, is the Patriots and the Raiders, especially if that bad boy hits 48, which is a relatively key number for a total. So that's one to pay attention to, I think. Another big development that I noticed through the first two weeks of the season is that the NFL betting market appears to be changing as we know it, Like nationwide. Openers are getting hit hard early And even with the lower limits, it's unclear whether people are just trying to get ahead of injury news more than they have in the past or what I imagine is something to do with sports betting being more front and center and more ingrained in the national psyche with legalized sports betting being offered in so many states now. But the way the NFL has traditionally worked is you have your your look-ahead lines. Obviously, you can bet week four lines right now. And you have your look-ahead lines, obviously, but then – Your world openers on Sunday for for the next week, so we're going to have our obviously our week four openers at a lot of books on Sunday during week three this week. But you obviously have lower limits at that time, and of course the market continues to mature as the limits are raised during the week. But right now you're seeing these lines, you know, some of these syndicates and and sharper betting groups. They instead of waiting until the limits raise later in the week, they're hitting these lines earlier, and you're seeing these crazy line moves. Early, earlier in the week, a lot of that's injury and COVID related, or sorry, not COVID because we NFL isn't a COVID issue, but injury related. Um, and, and it's really just interesting the developments on this front early in the year, just because in the NFL, the markets are so, so, so sharp and mature by the end of the week. It's so liquid, so much money is bet into these that you're rarely going to find much value closing line value at all. i sorry, value on the closing lines, if anything, maybe. Uh, betting some underdogs that got a little bit too much public money. That's usually uh, the way to look. But there's been some surprising strong later moves too, later in the week this season, which is another interesting development. And and the Raiders on Monday Night Football this week is the best example of that. That line plummeted from 5.5 down to 4 on game day, which is very rare to see because you are that's serious money that's moving that line. Because there's, there's a lot of money shaping out this line during the week. And when you see a move like that on game day, that's not just any old money moving that down from five and a half to four. And some places places even had a uh, juice on the four. So that's very interesting stuff to monitor moving forward. I think just the market itself changing as a whole and the way we bet it. Uh, just a dog-eat-dog dog world out there, literally. And there's people are chewing at the bone earlier and earlier, and the vultures are getting at the number earlier and earlier, and it's becoming that much more difficult to find value early in the week. But this is... Week three, overreaction week, part two, I like to call it. We're seeing a lot of overreacting to teams right now by talking heads around the nation, especially these new sports betting talking heads that really don't know how to bet on sports. But historically, this is the time where you can really take advantage of market overreactions. But you also don't want to get caught with your pants down, especially in the year of COVID. Uh, We know that we we could be seeing, we could end up seeing more of what we've uh, been already seeing so far. But the big thing I always like to do in week three is look at 0-2 teams facing off against 2-0 teams, historically against the spread, betting on the 0-2 team to cover. And that spot is an incredibly profitable venture. Of course, the market's aware of this. market's been sharp to this for years, so you're really not seeing much value there, and you're seeing that being, you know, that's factored into the line. You always have to ask yourself, okay, is this, you know, when you're asking yourself and you're looking at your handicap, okay, is this handicap correct, and is the line already factoring in this handicap? And here, I think you're seeing that potentially in play. But we have uh, those, those, there's four teams that are 0-2, facing 2-0 teams this year. And I'm going to name those off right now. The Falcons, minus three, hosting the Bears. The Vikings, plus two and a half, hosting the Titans. The Texans are plus four, visiting the Steelers. And the Lions, Uh, Around plus five and a half, plus six, depending where you shop, at the Cardinals this Sunday. The NFL people threw us a bone this week. We have eight morning games and five afternoon games in week three. Unlike last week, we had ten morning games last week. Thank God this week we have eight because, uh, I don't know about you, but last week I thought my head was going to explode between about 2 o'clock and 3.30 p.m. Central Time. A couple of quick notes that could be useful before we dive into the actual bets. Um, If you're looking to bet these games, the Rams did travel back to LA um, after playing in Philadelphia last week. They're going to fly back then to the East Coast this week to face Buffalo, which is interesting. And the 49ers, though, on the other hand, they remained on the East Coast after beating the Jets last week. They stayed East before they face off against New York's other team, the Giants. Before I break down a few of the plays I like this week, I sat down this morning with our pal, the Danimal, to get some plays he likes for the card this week. Ladies and gents, he is back again after yet another three-in-one week that brings his total this season to six wins, two losses here on the Doggy Juice Pod. And, of course, had to bring him back for more today. The Danimal returns. How you doing, dude?
1: I'm doing great, clearly. Record's great. Um, Weather is actually nice in Chicago right now. Um, I, not many complaints, to be honest.
0: Can't complain when, you, uh, when you're dishing out 75% hit rate on the podcast so uh yeah let's let's dive right into it what what do you got for us in nfl week three
1: so nfl week three sorry everybody i just have three games again if everybody just hung out with me we'd probably have 15 on sunday but three on thursday morning we got the falcons minus three over the bears um do i hate the bears no do i think they're good no um Should have blown out the Giants, let them back in. Just every week, the Bears just seem to have way too many letdowns. The 2-0, 0-2 thing is there. The Falcons never seem to win when I bet on them, but this is the last time diving on the Falcons. They haven't been bad at all. Should have blown out the Cowboys. So Falcons minus three at home. The Chargers minus six and a half over Carolina. I know, rookie quarterback. Panthers are beat up. Chargers looked good against Kansas City at home yeah, their offense isn't great, but their defense will shut down Teddy two gloves. So give me the charges minus six, six and a half. Um, The third one, Casey Baltimore over 53.5. I'm sure 98% of the public is on this over, but I just don't see how it stays under. Both have solid defenses, but I just can't see this game not getting over 55 points even. I mean, both teams flirt with 30. One team clears 30 easily. So Casey, Baltimore, over 53 and a half. And those are my three for NFL this Sunday.
0: All right. Sounds good, dude. Uh, I mean, got any other parting thoughts for the people before we go? Or just uh, – or you got any other plans for Sunday at all? Any special things going on for the games?
1: I mean, I will to my own horn horn on the people that listened. on uh, My golf picks as well. Um, I have to touch on those. I gave everybody okay. Tiger missed cut layup i gave everybody four guys tony finow fitzpatrick casey and wolf fitzpatrick stunk finow was top 10 casey was top 20 wolf was number two so cleaned up a little bit on the um u.s open with my Bryson ticket as well from the beginning of the year so
0: you you were perfectly positioned you were in like the dream spot on sunday because you had uh, the wolf future and the dechambeau future which you know at pretty damn good prices so that's pretty much the dream spot when those are the only two guys starting under par in the final round. And really, you never even had to really sweat it. Cause uh, well, especially, I mean, you would have rather won Wolf, but uh, just the higher payout, but Deschambeau pretty much had it for the get on Sunday.
1: Yeah, it was pretty, unfortunately, yeah, boring. It was rooting for Wolf, but like it was never even really close at one point. um, So I didn't honestly watch as much as I wanted to, but um, I don't know what got into me, but my site like has futures open during golf tournaments, and I think I took Bryson when he was running away with a tournament a couple months ago to win every major, and then Marikawa when he was running away with the tournament to win every major. And so far, PGA and U.S. Open, it's worked.
0: Marikawa, DeChambeau. Perfect, yep. man. Well, got the Masters coming up, and hopefully you can cash another one of those uh, in November. But uh, All right, dude. Well, good, good luck with, with the plays this week, and hopefully – hit 75% with three plays, but uh, hopefully we get – Uh, winning week and bring you back on again next week
1: all right thanks a lot take care everyone
0: all right thank you very much to the danimal and good luck with your action this week i'll start out right off the bat my best bets with saints minus three i agree with the danimal completely on that one Uh, The Packers are the eighth team in Super Bowl era to score at least 40 points in each of their first two games. We're seeing a lot of market love as a result, and they look really good in those games. But when you consider the defenses that they've gone up against, the Vikings with all those new faces, and the Lions who had like five defensive starters out in that game, this is the time to sell high on the Packers and buy low on the Saints. Plus, Devontae Adams is banged up with the Packers, too. But this is really just a numbers play here at minus three. And the Saints have traditionally been very poor against the spread their first two weeks of the season. Different story, weeks three to 17. So I'm fine with backing Sean Payton, um, even on short rest, heading back home with Breeze. I think they're going to figure that out and take care of the Packers and cover that three-point spread uh, on Sunday The Browns, this line's at 7 now, so a shit ton of the value at 6.5, minus 110 when I bet it is gone now, but at 7 flat, this is still a good numbers play on my stuff. I think there's a chance we can see this fall back down again below 7 before kickoff. Definitely don't lay more than 7 here, but uh, the Browns hosting the Washington football team who looked very good in that first week and stuff, but asking that defense, or sorry, that offense for Washington uh, to keep up with Baker Mayfield and, and the Browns. On the road, that's a tough look, and the Browns, I think, have a great opportunity with the extra rest to uh, to lay it on Washington this week. The Jets up to eleven and a half, catching eleven and a half at Indianapolis. Remember what we preach here on the Doggy Juice Pod: pros bet teams, Joe's bet numbers. This is going to be one of the biggest sharp square divides of the week, and if you're laying it with the Colts. You are paying the Adam Gase premium. This line was uh about five and a half, six before the season started. Now Colts are laying 11, eleven, eleven and a half. Have we really updated or upgraded the the Colts power rating that much and downgraded the Jets power rating that much? No, I think that's an overreaction personally. And I think this number's got it's way too inflated right now by a few points, so I will grin and bear it. Right now, obviously, everyone and their uncle is on the Colts right now. Or, or sorry, against the Jets. I don't think it, people are necessarily pro-Colts, but everybody and their uncle is definitely down on the Jets right now. With an 0-2 start, this is their final stand before things really get ugly for that team. I have a feeling I'll be betting the Jets. I'll be betting into the Jets, a lot of their inflated lines over the next few weeks. And there's probably going to be times where I hate myself for it. But at 11 11.5, this is too good to pass up. I wouldn't uh, be in a rush to bet this one either, bet the underdog. And since it's the NFL, sprinkle a little bit of money line too. Another team that nobody wants to bet on, and I shouldn't either because I'm 0-2 betting on them against the spread of the season so far, but the Lions, plus six or better. If this sneaks up and you can find seven at minus 120 or less, that's definitely worth a look for a full position, I think. I love the Cardinals. Nothing to do with the teams here. You have to understand that. I love the Cardinals. I've, I've given them out here on the podcast the last two weeks as best bets. Both those cashed. But this is just an inflated line. We have to remember that these two teams played to a tie in Arizona early in the year last year, and the Lions were slight favorites in that game. Both teams improved over the offseason, but the Lions didn't improve. Or Sorry, the Cardinals didn't improve eight points more than the Lions or even close to it. I'm a bit wary just because obviously the Lions injuries right now and because Arizona actually showed they showed last week that they're willing to put their foot on the gas even with a late lead. I think they had a late 12-point lead in that one and they're airing the ball out in that game. So to put the, you know put the game away instead of getting all conservative. So get the memo. Anthony Lynn and Bill O'Brien and your fourth and one punts. But the Lions injuries like I said that's a concern. But it looks like they're going to be getting Galladay back this week, which is key for them. And this is a classic 0-2 versus 2-0 matchup where the market's loving one team two weeks in and hating on the other. So for me, giving the Lions catching plus six or better. The Cowboys catching five in Seattle. Not a full position here, only half position right now. The Lions in no man's land. But at six, I would do something more serious with Dallas. Uh, but I made this line just over a tick, a tick over three after adjustments. Dak should have his way with the Seattle secondary in this one, and this game does promise to be a barn burner. But that Cowboys offense can definitely play with anybody, and I think that they can stay within the number here. And due to the high variance in this game, with such a high total in the mid fifties and something that can easily go over sixty, I think you'd be wise to look at alternative lines with the Cowboys in this one, laying, you know, laying a, a number at a nice plus price. It's a good way to look in the alternative lines. Don't look to get them ahead of a key number. Minus 2.5 on the alt lines, maybe nine, minus 6.5, even minus 9.5 at a really nice plus price. And shop around for the best price, of course, too. In terms of Bears-Falcons, I have some Falcons minus 3 in pocket myself. I agree with the Danimals handicap there. My numbers say this line's actually pretty much spot on. This is a situation where the market is factoring in that 2 versus 2-1. I was hoping for something cheaper, but I wanted to get ahead of the market when I bet the Falcons at minus three. We're starting to, th- uh, that line did move up. We saw it move up to three and a half. I even saw a four somewhere, but we are starting to see those threes show here again. So nothing serious, but I definitely lean the way of the Falcons in that one. And I do have a little bit of Falcons minus three in pocket. <laughs> Uh, I haven't bet this, and I probably won't, but the Eagles are getting close for something small. If, they, if that line can get down to minus 4 at minus 110 on my stuff, I'm eagerly watching that line to go along with the ugly dog theme also from, from the podcast. My numbers are showing value on a few other ugly dogs in the NFL this week, but not quite enough to bet on or bet on for anything serious at the current prices, but that can change. And I'm considering taking the four points with the Giants after making my injury adjustments. The 49ers obviously lost um, Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas. Garoppolo's banged up a quarterback, too. Giants, obviously, they have their fair share of injuries as well. But uh, catching four points, that's just a little inflated there. And, but I think that they'll be really need to be catching six uh, for something serious of an investment for me this week. Also, the Chargers and the Broncos, but I would need to see plus seven to get into play on those sides. The Chargers line has been there already. Uh, I'm sorry, the Panthers. The Panthers and the Broncos. The Panthers are playing the Chargers. The Chargers have been laying seven points on the Panthers already, but Sharp Money did come in to move that back down to six and a half. But that could get back up to seven as the week progresses and more people bet on the Chargers, remembering how close they played Kansas City this week but I think it was kind of an all-in effort type of deal you could see a letdown spot for the Chargers this week obviously the Panthers 0-2 in this spot and also you know quarterback controversy right now with Anthony Lynn and the Chargers can't be good for the players right now so definitely lean the way of the Panthers in that one but would need plus seven to bet them same with the Broncos plus seven against the Buccaneers just a numbers play as well So yeah, that's actually a pretty decent amount of action this week. And in terms of teasers, not much in week three. Uh, Fit the Stanford Wong teaser model of going through the key numbers of three and seven. But there are two dogs that do fit the mold. And that's teasing the Rams up from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half against the Bills. And the Vikings up from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half at home against the Titans. Like I said, the Rams are going East Coast to West Coast, back to the East Coast this week. My my numbers actually lean Bills, um, and the Bills had 531 total yards on offense in Miami last week despite not covering that spread, something to keep in mind. But it is a mathematical edge to tease through those key numbers of 3 and 7 if you aren't laying much more than minus 110 on a two-team six-point teaser. So couldn't blame anyone for teasing the Rams up through the 3 and 7 in that game, which should be a little bit lower scoring as well. And in terms of the Vikings, uh, Coach Zimmer, he's 76% against the spread off a loss. But oh boy, oh boy, this can be a brutal year for the Vikings after watching them so far. If you bet some of their alt season win total unders, which I told I told you all on the podcast a few weeks ago before the season started, that could be a good look on a team like this. That's looking pretty damn good so far. This team has the looks of more of a 4-5 and five win team this season. But handicapping this game against the Titans really comes down to how much weight you put in your priors, how much you're valuing past years on these teams, because it's ugly for Minnesota right now with all that turnover. And obviously, especially on defense, per pro football focus, the Vikings are 27th or worse in every single offensive category. It's tough to get excited about them, but I can justify Minnesota this week on the teaser leg, asking them to keep the game within one score at a home in in a game where they're at home, desperate in an 0-2 versus 2-0 spot. So make your teaser of the week for the Doggy Juice Pod Rams and Vikings up to 8.5, but let's just keep it at half a unit this week. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. As always, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. Be sure to check out Bet Chicago, Bet Indiana News. I'll be back next week with a special guest, a former Doggy Juice Pod guest, who will be ready to make his triumphant return to the podcast to break down the Major League Baseball playoffs. That's right, MLB starts. It's postseason next week. It's going to be wild. All right, good luck with your bets, and I will talk to you all next week. Doggy Juice out.